Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They take care of our air conditioning and they do a great job. You can find out more by visiting the website and give them a call, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president CEO of less government and dr george markovich my orthopedic surgeon will be with us as well look forward to our discussion with the good doctor it is november the third and on this day in 1922 british archaeologist howard carter and his workmen discovered a uh, step leading to the tomb of king tutankhamun in the valley of the kings in egypt when carter first arrived in egypt in 1891 most of the ancient egyptian tombs have been discovered the little known king tutankhamun who had died when he was 18 was still unaccounted for. After World War I, Carter began an intensive search for King Tut's tomb, finally finding steps to the burial room hidden in the debris under the entrance of the nearby tomb of King Ramsay VI in the Valley of the Kings. On November the 26th, 1922, Carter and fellow archaeologist Lord Carnarvon entered the interior chamber of the tomb, finding them miraculously intact. Thus began a monumental excavation process in which Carter carefully explored the four-room tomb over several years, uncovering an incredible collection of several thousand objects. The most splendid architectural find was a stone sarcophagus containing three coffins nestled with each other. Inside the final coffin, which made out of solid gold, was the mummy of uh, boy King Tutankhamun, preserved for more than 3,000 years. Most of these treasures are now housed in the Cairo Museum. Such an interesting find and an interesting story. King Tut. Well, medical providers and pharmacies in Southwest Florida are gearing up to give pint-sized doses of COVID-19 vaccine to children aged 5 to 11, a milestone towards helping families move beyond the pandemic. I wonder about that. An advisory panel for the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommended the vaccine for this group on Tuesday, and the CDC recommended director signed off that evening. We know millions of parents are eager to get their children vaccinated, and with this decision, we now have recommended about 28 million children receive a COVID-19 vaccine. That, according to Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, she said in a news release. I would be very skeptical if I were a parent right now, giving my child uh, a, a jab with this uh, vaccine, I don't, has it been tested? You know, what are the long-term effects of this? I just uh, have real concerns. I'm sure many parents do, un- unlike what uh, Rochelle Rolensky is claiming right now, that uh, parents are looking, are eager. I'm not so sure that's the case. We'll see. Well, this from Breitbart Business Desk. Glenn Yonkin won the Virginia's uh, governor's race early Wednesday and is parted by tapping into the economic anxiety that has developed in the United States over the past several months. One-third of voters said the economy was the most important issue, making it far and away the top issue in the race. 
55% of those voters cast their ballot in favor of Yonkin. The broken supply chains are another major source of anxiety. Americans have just been through a prolonged era of abundance, so the idea that many items are simply unattainable or unavailable only at high inflated prices comes as a shock. And while there may be little President Joe Biden could do in the short term to relieve the problems, his administration has not really even attempted to raise the challenge or rise to the challenge. We got uh, big speeches about long-term commitments and billions of dollars to address climate change out of the UN conference, but it's basically crickets on making sure our economy is not vulnerable to a seizure in a fragile global supply chain. Speaking at his usual post-federal open market committee meeting press conference, Federal Chair Jerome Powell said he now expects the supply chain to dis- disruption and subsequent uh, inflation to persist well into next year. Still, the Fed insists that the supply chain problems will prov- prove transitory and that their resolution will ease inflationary pressures. Yet he admitted that the uh, federal lack- Fed lacks the tools to do anything to repair global supply chains. So you have a president with no plan and a Fed which has no tools. This could be a, create a huge political opening for the Republicans in the midterm election and beyond, but they have to marshal the courage to buck their corporate donors and build an agenda around ending our dependency on imports. If we need semiconductors to build Ford trucks in the U.S., we should not have to depend on the efficacy of public health officials in Malaysia to prevent outbreaks. It's worth noting here that they are, there are good reasons to think the disruption of the supply chain will be a chronic and recurring the virus began, the current pandemic will mutate and produce new variants. New viral outbreaks will strike in the future. Wars, invasions, and natural disasters all threaten disruption and future shortages, which means the Fed has far less control over inflation than many economists believe. I think this also points out the need to have many of these things, uh, uh, precious earth minerals and things that uh, we require in order to build and to make pharmaceuticals and uh, semiconductors, we should be making them at home. It's a, it's a uh, uh, complete threat to our economy to not be able to be, have access to these items based on uh, what's developed in the American economy, in my opinion. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced Wednesday would introduce a new package of election integrity legislation that included the establishment of an Office of Election Crimes and Security the office would be tasked with investigating election crimes and fraud, he said. I'm excited that this legislation, our state, will be able to enforce election violations, combat voter fraud, and make sure vi- violators are held accountable, he said. If potential violators know they will be held accountable, they will be much less likely to engage in improper conduct in the first place, he said. The DeSantis legislation also ban insecure haphazard drop box locations Anywhere in the state would make ballot harvesting, which is prohibited, a third-degree felony. The legislation will also require county election officials to adhere to a timeline to purge voter rolls of ineligible voters. His plan is to introduce the uh, proposal in the next legislative session, which begins in January. He said the changes he is pitching would make Florida the number one state for elections in May. DeSantis signed into law a sweeping measure banning the mail a mass mailing of ballots, requiring a voter ID for mail-in ballots, and guaranteeing political candidates and parties the ability to observe signature-matching reviews by canvassing boards, among other changes. Sanders announced the latest voter reform proposals for Florida as 
Republicans in the Senate vote to block a bill authored by Democrats aiming to reverse voter integrity laws implemented in many red states. Democrats would hope to uh, loosen voter ID requirements and increase mail-in ballots, among other changes. But the measure fell short of the 60 votes needed to stop a filibuster. One Republican, Senator uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, voted to advance the bill. I think she's going to be history in the next election cycle, though. That's good. Democrats and President Joe Biden have railed against red state election changes like them to discriminatory Jim Crow laws that ended many decades ago. In a floor speech Wednesday, Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a New York Democrat, called the changes to voting laws in Georgia, Texas, Iowa, and other red states the greatest coordinated effort at the state level to suppress voting rights since the era of segregation. He really said that. I'm not kidding. Meanwhile, (laughs) the steal was in on November the 3rd. Republicans have scoffed at the claim, arguing it's easier than ever for a legal voter to cast a ballot, which is absolutely true. So this is uh, good news for Florida. We're going to have more enforcement for our voter laws, which I think he's right with the governor's right that they'll prevent or give people second, give them pause to think about committing some sort of election crime. And by the way, even Ron DeSantis isn't immune from Brandon fever. During an address on Wednesday's morning, the uh, Florida governor jokingly referred to the Biden administration as the Brandon administration prompting cheers from the crowd. Of course, that all plays back to uh, at the uh, race, Indianapolis 500, when uh, the fans were shouting, uh, <laughs> F. Joe Biden, F. Joe Biden. Well, the uh, announcer, the woman who was uh, inter- making the interview, said, well, listen to them say, uh, go uh, Brandon, let's go Brandon. That's what she claimed the, they were saying. So uh, Brandon is now the new word for uh, <laughs> the new phrase. So it's go uh, Joe Brandon or Brandon. Let's go Brandon. Anyhow, Ron DeSantis is on board. He's not immune to uh, Brandon fever. Well, President Joe Biden said on Wednesday that his takeaway from the Virginia election results is that he will continue to push for passage of the $1 trillion Senate-passed infrastructure bill along with his nearly $2 trillion Build Back Better Act. He was asked how much responsibility he takes for the dismal results for the Democrats in Virginia where the Republicans won the governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general races. He said no governor of Virginia has ever won when he's the same or if he's in the same party as sitting president. What I do know is I know the people want us to get things done. They want us to get things done, Biden said during a news conference. I don't know about that, uh, Brandon. (laughs) I think a lot of people would like you to leave well enough alone uh, because it's going to hurt us economically. We don't need all these uh, safety net programs. We just need people to have good jobs. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected into the community and with each other. The Golden Gate Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Tatiana Fortune, director of the Golden Gate Senior Center. We want to be able to connect you to whatever service or activity. And even if the person doesn't want to come out for socialization, if they have a question about, um, hey, where do I go for transportation? Where do I go for uh, a certain health care? If they have a need, we are able to point them in that direction through our information and referral service. So we're more than happy to assist in that as well. To find out more, visit CallYourSeniorResources.org. That's CallYourSeniorResources.org or call the Senior Center directly at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform. I hope you check it out. You can download the app by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a uh, coalition of well over 100 groups, uh, grassroots groups across Florida, and uh, we focus exclusively on K-12 education. Sometimes use the word reform, but in the same, uh, same token, you can't reform a government monopoly. So we really focus on trying to stop uh, the indoctrinations taking place in our government schools, but help parents understand the alternatives they have to, uh, to really give the kids a better education through non-government schools. So. In a nutshell, that's kind of what we do. Yeah, and, and it's great work. Uh, you've uh, been around for eight or ten years or so and just really got traction in Tallahassee. It's because of the integrity of the work that you do. And when I think about what's happening in the United States in Loudoun County and Virginia, I mean, we're way ahead of the curve because of the work of the Florida Citizens Alliance, and you should be very proud of what you've accomplished. Thank you. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, the special session coming up, the uh, governor has called for a special session of the legislature on November the 15th. I just wonder if you had any thoughts on uh, what's going to happen. Sure. 
Oh, sure. Well, um, it's interesting that he called that session in what was the fifth committee week or the second committee week in November. And we would normally go up there and advocate for our legislative agenda, which has some eight items on it. Uh, but things, uh, uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly whether they're going to try to do both uh, next uh, week after next or whether the focus will be exclusively on on the uh, special session. Our, our guess is it'll be exclusively on the special session. Well, I'll, the mask, I, if I may weigh in, uh, I, quite frankly, he set aside from the 15th to the 19th for that entire week, but I, I would suggest that if they get the work done that he wants in a day, that'll leave four days for uh, committee work. So right. I think it's a time issue. No, there's no question, and there's some key work that needs to get done leading up to the session. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had some indication from um, non-leadership non that they, they, they think there is going to be some committee work done, uh, but I'm trying to get a hold of uh, you know, several of the leaders just to, to kind of get their perspective. But um, what's what's going to be fascinating on the, on the uh, primary purpose of the committee week is or the special session is that the mass thing is pretty clear cut and dried i think um the legislation that's been put forth by senator keith perry which we support uh simply says that uh, government agencies including schools can implement masks without first having had the legislature uh sign off on legislation that would allow them to do that and the governor to sign it so i think that was pretty cut and dry the the, the compl compl complicating element will be the vaccine and there's a couple of approaches there. Uh, again, Senator Perry has put forth an approach that very narrowly defines um, COVID-19 uh, and basically says both government agencies and private businesses can't mandate uh, the, the uh, vaccine uh, and unless it's been thoroughly tested through, you know, the five to eight-year process that these kinds of things normally go through. Uh, and it has some pretty steep penalties. Uh, the question I always ask on that is, so it's so narrow, it's just COVID-19, what happens when the left decides we have COVID-20 and COVID-21? Right? Or just renames. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, renames. They're full of dirty tricks, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, there's uh, two other approaches. Uh, one that we're supporting, and that is to uh, use the Civil Rights Act in Florida of 1992 and just declare your health status and immunization status as a protected class, just like age and sex hmm. and gender, et cetera, so that the businesses can't ask you, and there's heavy fines if they do. Um, so that's the second approach. There's a third one that I just was reading about actually this morning uh, that's a, a legal effort up in Pennsylvania. Uh, an attorney up there by the name of Bruce Castor, and, and your listeners may recognize his name because he was – uh, the chief uh, attorney for uh, Donald Trump in the 2021 attempt to impeach him. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's filed suit in federal court uh, on the First Amendment. And what he's, his argument basically is that this has become so political that when a business asks you to whether you've had the shot or not, uh, it, 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 the political implications of, of, of you answering that question uh, you know, basically turn you into a pariah. And so he's filing suit on, as, under the violation of the First Amendment hmm. in federal court. It's kind of an interesting approach. Uh, I've read about it this morning on Epic Times, so your listeners might want to take a look at that. Yeah. So uh, right now we have uh, this uh, vaccine now for 5 to 11-year-olds that has been approved 
uh, by the FDA, I have real concerns. What are your thoughts? I think it's nuts. Any parent who does that to their child, and I want to be really blunt, it's child abuse. Yeah. Uh, you have no idea what the implications of this emergency, quote, vaccine are. Yep. And there's more and more evidence surfacing that it can cause sterility. It can cause all kinds of heart problems, uh, other organ problems. Yep. And, and the evidence is mounting. So why would a parent do that to their child when the chances of their child being negatively, you know, having serious implications from this are almost uh, de minimis? I mean, yeah. it's just nuts. Right. It absolutely is nuts. I mean, <laughs> your, your point being is that the uh, chance for uh, becoming real, really ill or dying from uh, COVID-19 are minimal, and the threat of what could happen to millions of kids, 28 million kids across the United States, it's immense what could happen. It's just, uh, we just don't know, and yet we're willing, well, Walensky's saying we should just stick a jab in these kids because parents are eager to make it happen. I don't think so. I just well, I hope I hope not. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 there's some really dumb things going on out there right now with uh, with with how divided we are, and uh, you know we just saw 15 counties be mutinous here in Florida and, and against the total rule of law uh, over the over the mask mandate of all things. So, mm. I mean, it's it's just crazy times. But it is. parents really need to to, to not do this, and uh, there's no reason to to force your child into this uh, unknown situation. Absolutely. In my view. So, Keith, I know you've got a couple of events coming up, and before I let you go, I'd like to make sure that our listeners are aware of what's happening. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, we've got uh, three that I'd like to call their attention to. We actually have one on uh, the 10th of November uh, with Bill Federer. He's uh, going to be at the Silver Spot Theater here in Naples. Um, the event starts at 530. Uh, he's going to be presenting. Uh, he's a, one of the, in my opinion, one of the top three or four uh, living historians in the, in the, in the country. And he presents history through a biblical view. So I, I, I encourage people to come, whether you whether you're faith based or not. It's it's going to be interesting to to hear his presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, on December 9th, uh, we're bringing General Jerry Boykin back in for a Christmas party, uh, and that'll also be at the Silver Spot Theater. Ah. And then, of course, we have our really big event, Kalo event, March 9th, with uh, Dennis Prager and Charlie Kirk. And uh, those tickets, uh, we've been holding off selling those tickets um, while we did our, our Liberty Challenge, but having completed that now, and once half those tickets are gone, the price will go up. So we urge your listeners to not dawdle. Buy a Christmas present for your spouse or significant other and uh, come enjoy Charlie and, and uh, Dennis Prager. Right, or for yourself. Uh, again, go <laughs> FLCA. Dot com is the website. You can uh, get these dates on your calendar and uh, get tickets. GoFLCA.com. Keith, you and uh, Pastor Rick have done a fabulous job with the Florida Citizens Alliance. Really appreciate your contributions, not only to the show, but also to all of Florida. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're very welcome, and thanks for having us on, Brian. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting... With Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show and the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, not only building a performing arts center in downtown Naples, but also bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of less government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about less government. Uh, we exist through the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government. And uh, no, it's not happening. <laughs> but it's a wide open market for crying out loud. <laughs> so, Seton, you wrote a great piece. By the way, you wrote it on Substack, is that right? I've started on Substack, yeah. Um, I, I did that a couple months ago, yes. Yeah, so interesting. I mean, uh, uh, I'd be interested in finding out about the relationship there and how that works. Heard about it's, Substack. It, it, it's, it's, very, it's very quick. You, you post there, and if you get a lot of views, they pay. You, get, you, you can get paid. Oh, well, that works. It's, 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 it's just like any other. It's like social media platforms. You know, Kim Kardashian makes a lot of money because she's got a ton of followers on Instagram, so Instagram runs ads on her thread. Mm, gotcha. If you get a lot of views on Substack, um, I haven't gotten enough views yet to get paid, but um, ostensibly, and people can pay you. You can, you can subscribe to people you like, so you can directly support the writers you like. Interesting. You can sign up for you know, monthly draws or a year, you know, one-time gift or yearly gift or all that. So there's both 
both ways. All right. Well, thanks for clarifying. So uh, this column that you wrote, post-election reconciliation, the lard left bill should suffer McAuliffe's fate. No question about that, but I thought it was a really clever column. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, I've been sitting here for months watching the Democrats spin their tires in the mud on these reconciliation bills. Now, I'm one of the few people that thinks both of them are stupid. Uh, Both infrastructure bills are stupid. Uh, 95%, we've discussed this, 95% of the roads, bridges, and whatever in the country are privately owned, 65%, or owned by states and localities, 30%. Right. So why why is the federal government spending money on them? We get taxed at the state and local level to pay for these things, or we pay tolls for the roads that are privately owned. Right. Why, are, why is the federal government even involved, let alone spending our money? Second of all, about 3% of that alleged infrastructure bill is actually on infrastructure. So in the name of wasting 95% of our money, they're only spending 3% of our money. Right. Um, so I'm against both of them. But because the Democrats have insisted on tethering the two, and by the way, I've had an argument with somebody on this, Mitch McConnell has failed in the messaging on this. My, my friend was trying to give him credit, and this guy's a serious player in politics. This guy's trying to give McConnell credit for getting the Democrats to spin their wheels on tethering these two bills together. And I said, great, he seeded the argument that we should spend $1.2 trillion on roads that don't belong to the federal government. Right. He seeded that argument. Now everybody thinks that's a legitimate point to make. So, no, McConnell's an idiot. He's not a good strategist on this. So anyway, these two bills are tethered, and they've wasted the entire year spinning their wheels, trying to get their, their cats herded and pass these bills. At some point, if there were Republicans trying to do something on this, the, the media, the zeitgeist would say, move on. You can't get it done. Move on. But, but you know, see and that, they see, haven't done that. Yeah, well, see, well, it, isn't, it, isn't it to our benefit that they can't get this done? I mean, they're spinning their wheels. I mean, if this continues again. Well, it, look, that's, that's fine. But, but you, you know, at some point, there are some things that need to be passed that actually have bipartisan support. Um, for example, a privacy bill to rein in how big data abuses our, a big tech abuses our, our, our data. Yeah. That's a bipartisan bill that could be passed. But instead, we're stuck on the mud on this nonsense. Yes, I understand that, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a hedge fund or, a, or, a, or an investment fund, I know, run by a guy who invests whenever Congress is out of session and sells whenever stock, uh, Congress is in session, right. and he's up like 60% every year. <laughs> yeah. um, but I get, I get the point. Yeah. But there are some things government is supposed to be doing. And in, and in, and in, in absence of Congress acting on anything, you're getting executive orders which are unconstitutional. You're getting judges making rulings pretending to be congressmen because Congress won't pretend to be Congress. Mm-hmm. So you want some you you want congressional action. Yes, I know the Democrats run everything, but there are some things we could do that are actually positive. And the fact that they wasted this entire year because now they're not going to pass anything in the new year, it becomes oh my God, we're running for office in November, and nobody's going to do anything to to appear to look guilty prior to uh, the the twenty two twenty two election. Right. So so yeah, I want them to do stuff now. 
The the bill is of course the, the especially the, the second bill is terrible. It's yeah. terrible. And the American people on you know one of the things again, one of the things I got from the Joe Manchin Kristen Cinemas and the and the few House Democrats that represent moderate districts that are all reluctant to sign off on this thing is we're tr- basically what they're saying is we're trying to mitigate the damage this bill is going to do. Yeah. That's what they've been saying. You know, corporate tax hikes are, you know, uh, Manchin, corporate tax hikes are too high. It makes us uncompetitive with the rest of the world. We've got to lower the tax hikes you're, you're talking about doing on corporations. Um, you know, ev- everything they, they oppose is because they're trying to mitigate the damage the bill is going to do. Well, the election on, on Tuesday and the weeks before, leading up to Tuesday, because we stupidly vote for weeks, we don't have election day anymore, is saying stop doing damage. Yeah. Not, not mitigate the damage you're doing. That election spoke loudly and said, stop doing damage to the economy, to the country. Hey, Seaton, so, yeah. you know, I've got uh, another interview I've got to run yeah, off I to. Understand. But I, on the other hand, I, I do have some uh, an opening after this interview. Could I call you back uh, to continue? Uh, I can't today. I've got, I've got to work. I got I got to do some real fast work and then I got a doctor's appointment. Right. I know that's lame, but I'm no, it's not lame at all. Hey, listen, Seton, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary in the show, and I want our listeners to check out lessgovernment.org. Lessgovernment.org. Always appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. He's an orthopedic surgeon. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A 
terrific product to the process. Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Dr. George Markovich. He's my orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006. I'm so grateful he did. Took care of me for a couple of years before that uh, until we finally got to the point where I said, I can't take it anymore, Doc. <laughs> i got to do something about this pain. And so we replaced my knees. And I'm so grateful, again, giving me mobility and uh, uh, just uh, actually contributing to a much healthier life. Dr. George Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. A lot's happened in 15 years, even 15 days. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, I'd be interested in just uh, checking in with you on your reaction to uh, yesterday's election results in uh, Virginia and uh, even in New Jersey. Yeah, so, Bob, it was a repudiation of, uh, you know, uh, people that basically pretend like they do things. You know, there's, there's people that do things, and there's people that either pretend like they do things or watch other people do things and tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Youngkin, was personable. He was enthusiastic. He, even in his post-election uh, talks, you know, he, he's anxious to go to work in real people time. Bob, you and I both know real people time. We're used to getting things done starting on time, doing our best every day. And there's a difference between the public and private sector. This guy came from the private sector. I've been in both. I've been in the public sector and the private sector for many years. I can tell you there's a big difference. And this guy impressed me. He impressed the voters beyond just one or two issues. And they were ready to give him a chance. Well, and quite frankly, I think he was addressing the, he really spoke to uh, the things that were on the minds of people in Virginia. I say Virginia's uh, where I think said this, like Trump, I mean, Trump, uh, that's one of the beauties of Trump is that he gave us hope about the economy and about some of the things we really care about, as opposed to other elected officials who just feel like they're carrying on with a mission that has nothing to do with the people at all. At least it felt, it felt that way. And well, his track record matters. You know, this guy had a track record in something. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden has a track record. He's a, a D student. He plagiarized. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's watched other people do things his entire career. He's had some health issues, and you get what you got, you mm-hmm. know? So I think people realize that not too far away from where he's its center of base, although it's a little farther than where he spends a lot of time in Delaware doing who knows what. But, you know... I am encouraged. I'm encouraged just like I'm encouraged that, you know, people realize uh, issues that matter to them and and sometimes things that don't even matter to them directly. I mean, you mentioned Trump. There was a guy who pretended he was Trump on a TV show and ruthlessly uh, portrayed him. There's a difference between somebody in a movie that says, I am God, and a person that has his name on the side of a building. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, one person pretends like they're doing something that's written by somebody else, and the other person actually did something and created an opportunity to have a structure built that matters to people. So here's a guy that takes a loaded gun and points it at somebody and shoots. The same guy that made fun of a, a sitting president. Now, Bob, you and I would not take a gun and point it at people without knowing full well that it wasn't loaded. Mm-hmm. That's just what you do. Yet, this person did it, and now he's making excuses. I think people, rational people, are seeing what's happening and making critical decisions about what they expect to happen in the future in terms of their local situation and their country. You know, uh, and when you make this description, you're just reminding me too that I think the people are now beginning to say feel empowered. They see what's happening. They're making some decisions. They're they're voting, and they're seeing a reaction. That uh, I mean, I think it's very empowering to people. That uh, and and hopefully politicians will get the message too. The the old story is the Republicans tend to kind of move to the middle, so they don't want to appear too radical. And they, they want to uh, hold themselves out as people that can uh, uh, negotiate with the other side and uh, support liberal programs and so forth. No, no more. Hey, let's just talk about what's real. Let's talk about getting real stuff done uh, for, for the people. Well, I hope it's a transition. I mean, uh, John Barrasso, uh, the senator from Wyoming, pretty high up in the Republicans, he was an orthopedic surgeon. And uh, huh. I think he's a very stable, rational individual. When I've heard him talk, I, I don't know him personally. We've been in the same room together. Uh, and, and I think there's people like that that have done things in, in real life, like yourself, and then want to expound on that uh, when they see fit. Uh, and I'm beginning to kind of try to see you know, where that goes. So I think that it's important to separate out <clears throat> you know, rational versus irrational behavior and and really think about what's important. And yeah. what's important, family and friends and getting information that's real and critically analyzing it and making decisions that make sense. Yeah. It's 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 amazing to me that the, right now uh the progressives are still claiming that there is no critical race theory in Virginia schools, and there's been proof positive that there absolutely is. I mean, so you have one group that wants to lie in order to get their way, like uh, to, to uh, use dirty tricks and to do whatever they need to do in order to gain power. I think another group that wants to really serve and see make a better life for people in America, and I quite frankly ad- identify with the latter. Well, what you said before in terms of limited government and uh, rugged individualism and things like that is what this country was founded on. You mentioned the right to vote. It's always been important. The problem has become that, you know, the people that want to lie, cheat, and steal have seen opportunities to, you know, move things a certain direction. And, you know, sometimes they get their way, sometimes they don't. Hopefully it'll be less and less getting that way uh, in the future, I think what happened on Tuesday may be the beginning of that. Yeah. There was more vigilance in how the election was conducted. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. There was more uh, <clears throat> representation from people like parents and uh, minorities that really understood that some of the things they're being fed and some of the things that uh, they're supposed to believe aren't necessarily true. 
And that critical analysis led to them doing what they did. Uh, and, and so I hope that is a trend that continues. Yeah, me too as well. Hey, before I let you go, I do want, uh, Doctor, again, I want to just acknowledge how much you've done for me in terms of my own personal health. There's some folks out there that perhaps have some arthritis, they have some joint pain. Uh, we shouldn't live with pain. And I just wonder if you have any comments uh, for, for our listeners. Of course. I mean, you know, it's all about quality of life, especially where we live and all the blessings we've been given. And uh, pain and functional limitations is something that you don't have to just accept. Just like some of the other things we talked about, there are solutions and there are ways uh, to help. And that's what I've dedicated my life to and will continue to do uh, as long as I breathe. So uh, we can eliminate pain and decrease it and we can improve patients' uh, ability to walk and move and play tennis and golf and pickleball and everything else. You just have to take the right steps, which we're part of. Yeah, four eight two five three nine nine is Dr. Markovich's uh, phone number. Office in Estero, four eight two five three nine nine. Again, Dr. Markovich, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Thank uh, you. All right, my pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year. And since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity, maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I'm so proud of this organization. I personally serve on the board. 
and they've done great work. They've been around for about, uh, oh, 10 years, and 15 years maybe it is at this point. But uh, nevertheless, just one of the initiatives is creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. They also have election integrity programs, and they're operating in uh, 30 states, also with the federal government. You can find out more by visiting thefga.org, thefga.org. Well, you probably heard about the election of the truck driver who uh, stunned the political world by winning an election. He upset the uh, Senate, uh, the state Senate president and uh, in New Jersey. It's kind of an interesting story. The, the story is that he won, did this with only $153. Well, that's not quite accurate. I think the real story is much more inspiring. His name is Edward Durr, who stunned the political world this week by apparently defeating New Jersey Senate President Steve Sweeney. He told Breitbart News on Wednesday that he won because voters were tired of the government messing with people's families. With all precincts reporting Wednesday, Durr led Sweeney, the state's Democrat political boss, by 2,000 votes. Though the results have yet to be confirmed, he's likely to be certified as the victor in the state Senate District 3. And he offered Breitbart News an interesting analysis of why he won and why Republicans did so well statewide. The main issue was rights, he said via telephone. People talk about how New Jersey has the highest taxes and we're the worst state for business with high debt and so on. But bottom line, it's rights. It's family, he said. When somebody's messing with your family, you'll do anything, he said. The governor was messing with people's families. And when you mess with somebody's job, their livelihood, their home, their children, people just won't take that, he said. Durr said the New Jersey's harsh coronavirus policies had helped create a perfect storm that made his victory possible. It was the combination of a governor who acts like a king and a Senate president who acts like a court jester and does nothing that made it very easy to convince people they were not being paid attention to, and when they got ignored, they got angry, he said. But Durr, 58, did more than just get lucky, and he spent more than the $153 that's been highlighted by the meter reports. That's the amount I spent prior to the primary, he explained, somewhat exasperated by the inaccurate reporting. He estimates he spent about eight to $9,000 in total, mostly on campaign literature, yard signs, and now viral a video. He also worked hard, working door-to-door and speaking to voters. Having left long-haul trucking for a job working in a local route close to home, he was able to use afternoons and evenings and campaign to uh, the district together with several volunteers. He said, I walked uh, three to four hours on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Saturdays and Sundays. I walked six to eight hours. We usually had half a dozen volunteers. One time we went out and had 12 to 13 go out with us, he said proudly. Trust me, uh, plenty of days I didn't feel like walking. I was too hot. My ankles and feet hurt. I'm not a young man anymore, and I have gout and plantar fasciitis. It was a hard thing, he said, but it was well worth it because it allowed me the opportunity to talk to every person I could talk, possibly talk to and understand what they were feeling and getting the pulse. During one walk, he encouraged, encountered his opponent. Durr challenged him to a debate, but Sweeney blew me off and he laughed at me. Durr also campaigned through personal tragedy. He lost his father, Ed Sr., just uh, last week. So uh, the story, this is a story of uh, hard work. I, I, applying himself, it's not just simply it's just a matter of putting in 153 bucks and overturning uh, a laughable opponent. No, I mean, the, you know, like everything else that's worthwhile, he worked hard for it and uh, earned it. 
and congratulations to him. I think it's a terrific story, and I, I wanted to highlight that. And by the way, uh, the governor, apparently right now in uh, New Jersey, has won a second term, but it's by a margin so thin, and there's also rumors, I don't know if it's true or not, that some 20,000 votes miraculously, sh miraculously showed up in one of the counties uh, to pull 40,000 votes to pull the uh, the uh, governor over the finish line. We'll find out about that. I'm sure they'll be looking into that. But, uh, you know, the very fact that the president won, quote-unquote, the president, uh, Brandon, won by 16 percentage points in, uh, in November, and then he just wins by a, a very thin margin. I'm talking about the governor here in November, a year later, just, I think, speaks volumes about what people are thinking about this administration and the effectiveness of this presidency right now. So he's pulling everybody down, and I think people in Congress are beginning to recognize that, which leads me to believe also that when it comes to these bills that the president now says he wants to push, that he wants the, uh, the uh, human uh, bill, the Build Back Better bill, as well as the uh, the uh, infrastructure bill. Infrastructure bill has already been passed by the Senate, but I, I wonder if either bill is not going to pass the House because right now the way this is going, the, the uh, progressives are saying we won't vote for either bill if both aren't passed at the same time. So there's kind of a, they're at loggerheads in the Democrat Party, and I'm not sure they'll be able to pull this over the finish line. And if it extends out, they're not, you know, I think a lot of uh, Democrats are getting the message. They're going to be short-termers if, in fact, they support this kind of spending bill because they're seeing that President Biden's agenda right now is being rejected uh, by the people. They saw clear evidence of that in Virginia. So it makes me wonder if they'll be able to pass this. We certainly hope not because it's going to be devastating to not only the economy but also to our children and to their future. Here's six uh, keys to the GOP success here in the last week. Voters rejected COVID mask and vaccination lockdowns. Both Republican candidates made clear they opposed harsh lockdowns, mandatory vaccinations, and mask requirements. They also, uh, black voters didn't turn out this time. Black voters who said to uh, be crucial for McCullough's victory, and they did not turn out as they did in 2020. Why? One reason may be mandatory vaccinations. Blacks have been hesitant to take vaccines, and the firing of blue-collar workers and first responders won't accept it may be causing a backlash. Also, uh, Biden's approval numbers have collapsed. The debacle in Afghanistan, a southern border in crisis, soaring inflation, and questions about Joe Biden's age and mental capacity have created a brew of disenchantment among voters who are giving the president a thumbs-down rating in approval rates and approval polls. Also, uh, number four is critical race theory backfired. Cultural issues like CRT and gender politics played a major role in Virginia race. McAuliffe claimed that parents shouldn't play a role in what their children are taught, coupled with a recent assault on one of the students by a male in a skirt. These issues are rub suburban voters the wrong way, and they won't uh, accept woke culture the wrong way. It's also the economy. Massive supply shortages and soaring inflation may have a more significant impact on voter minds than has been supposed. People are seeing gasoline prices jump, and the parties in power is paying the price. Also, Trump helped Republicans. McAuliffe and Murphy attempted to paint their Republican challenger as a puppet of Donald Trump. Trump did not prove a liability at all, though, and he may have even helped. Voters who clearly felt buyer's remorse with Biden as Trump's own rising numbers continue to uh, soar. 
In fact, uh, uh, what Trump brings to these candidates, of course, is a base that will support them if, in fact, they support uh, Trump's policies. And, of course, they will continue to develop uh, voters as independents and Democrats become disenchanted with the uh, Democrat agenda. By the way, uh, New York, where a retired uh, police captain, Eric Adams, he won the mayoral race by a landslide, and will be uh, the, he'll be the second black mayor in the city's history when he takes office in January. And in Boston, where uh, voters said, see you to the traditional having white men as a mayor, Soon to be Mayor Michelle Wu, the city's first woman and first person of color, was elected as mayor. And the other big news, of course, is that Minneapolis voters said no thanks to replacing uh, the police department uh, with uh, the public safety, a Department of Public Safety, which includes mental health professionals. It could be a blow to uh, defund the police movement here across the country as well. So some good results across the nation as well. Final note, I do uh, want to recommend Tucker Carlson's Patriot Purge, it's called. It's a three-part series uh, that is on uh, uh, Fox Nation. And you can also, Tucker Carlson's put it on his website. It's called TuckerCarlson.com. We've watched the first two parts. The uh, third part was just released yesterday, and we're going to be watching it today. It's really outstanding. So if you want to know what really happened on January uh, the 6th, you want to see Patriot Purge. Really well done and well documented uh, by Tucker Carlson. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll also talk with Michael Cannon. He's the director of healthcare policy at the Cato Institute. Lou Paper will be joining us. He'll be. He is the author of a, a book called Perfect. It's about the perfect game tossed by Don Larson. In the World Series, the only perfect game, 27 up, 27 down in the World Series. Uh, we'll talk about Lou. It's a very interesting book. I've read it. Uh, look forward to have Lou on the show, as well as Dave Bigo. Dave is the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.